0: Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, welcome to week one of the series that we're calling Freedom. I am. It has been a long time since I've been this excited to preach a message. Uh, I know God really wants to. When I I know God really wants to speak something to people, a few things happen, and they always happen. As long as I've been preaching, the the same things happen when God really wants to speak to people and and gives me something He really wants to say to people. One, all hell breaks loose. Okay. All everything goes wrong. Like it doesn't matter what it is. Everything goes wrong. My wife's out of town. The kids were up all night. You know, they just like turn into demons when my like it's it's just a crazy like. My kids are normally pretty good, and if they're not, you know, you just beat them, and then they're good. When I when God wants to do something, it's like they it is a different level of chaos. Then I'll have multiple conversations back to back about what I'm about to preach on. And so starting probably three or four days ago, I started having multiple conversations with people that were all saying the same thing. And as I'm, they don't, they, I know the message I'm preaching, they don't. And every time another one will call and go, hey, I'm just struggling with this, I'm struggling with this. It was another reaffirmation of God going, this is something I want to speak to people. And again, when that happens, let me, I don't know if y'all are aware of this, but the enemy likes you where you are. He loves for you to like not be effective. So like somebody I was talking to this week, they said it was like everything was going good and when I really started getting in church, everything started going crazy. I'm like, yeah, because like you think the devil wants you to change? You think the devil, when he doesn't have to worry about you is when he's good. Like he all of a sudden, he's just like, I don't have to think about them. When all of a sudden you go from gossiping about people to praying for people, how many of you know he doesn't like that? Now all of a sudden you become a target. Now all of a sudden you become someone that can impact the world around you. And when that happens, oftentimes, hell breaks loose in your life. So I want you to know, going into this Freedom Series, I'm, I'm so excited about the series. We need it. This is going to be amazing for us. But you just need to be aware that as you get free, the enemy does not like that. And there will be things that come up in your life through this series that you go, why in the world is this coming up now? I'll tell you why. Because the freer you get, the madder the devil gets. But the goal is that we would be free, not just free, but free. Indeed, it's what Jesus came for. So, hey, I want to do, first of let all, me, let me pray first. And I want you to just, if you will, indulge me. This is a message that God wants to change some things in our mind. And so we need to have an open mind and open heart. And be able to focus on what God wants to say to us. So if I can pray for you. Dear God, thank you so much that we get to be here today. God, we know that your word brings revelation. And that revelation, God, brings transformation to our hearts. I pray today that you would transform our hearts, that we would see things like we've never seen them before, God, that we would have enlightenment come to our mind that comes only from you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, that you would speak things to us that we've never seen before, but that all of a sudden we see through you. I pray that you would be with us today. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, I um, I want you to just, where you are, I want you to think about an ocean. Okay, think about an ocean. Not a dirty ocean. Not Galveston. Okay, think about like 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 a real ocean. When I was when I was in uh, a senior in high school, I graduated in Schulenburg, Texas. Okay, I was raised. I got kicked out of school in Louisiana. I moved to Schulenburg to finish high school. Um, and everybody for spring break would be like, come on, we're going to the beach. Now, the beach, if you're from Louisiana, is Destin. Like Destin, Florida, Sand Destin. You know, like those, how many of you been to Destin, Sand Destin? It's sugar white sand, crystal water, just like beautiful. So they're like, we're going to the beach. I'm like, I love the beach. This is awesome. You show up at Galveston Beach, you're a little disappointed if you've never been there. And um, so let's think of a real, real ocean, okay, just... You, you, the, 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 an ocean with the sugar white sand, an ocean with great waves. Whether it be Hawaii or Destin, or how many of you are beach people? How many love the beach? How many you not beach people? I'm not. If I'm at the, if you ever see me at the beach, it's because I, it's a labor of love to my wife. I hate the beach. I hate the sand. I hate the people next to me. I hate everything when I go to the beach. I don't like doing anything at the beach because no matter what, I know at the end of the day, I'm going to get in bed and there will be sand in my bed. It doesn't matter how many times I pressure wash myself. It doesn't matter if every kid strips down naked at the door, they're going to be sand everywhere. I hate the beach. Um, I was stationed on the beach for four years when I was in the Air Force. That's why it scarred me. I want you to think about now, I want you to think of a steak. Okay, now listen, the questions I'm about to ask you are going to be really important if we can be friends. How many of you like your steak like rare? Like you like like a rare? Okay, all of us are friends. We're great friends. How many of you like your steaks like medium rare? Okay, y'all are saved. You're getting in for sure. Lord's still working on you, but you're getting in. How many of you like your steaks medium? You're, you look, y'all are like, oh, <laughs> we're praying. How many of you like your steaks well done? Golly, I don't know. I don't know how y'all do it. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I want you to think of a good steak, okay? Whatever good steak to you is, I want you to think of a good steak, whether it be Roos Chris or Longhorns or what's the place? Um, is it Perry's? Is it Perry's? Oh, my gosh, they got a great steak. Somebody gave me a gift card there one time when we lived in Birmingham, and I was like, this is the greatest steak I've ever had. A good steak, baked potato. Lord, I might walk to Longhorns right now. I mean, I just... Lastly, I want you to think about a snow cone. Snow cone, which I thought it was going to be hot today, so this is kind of, this, this really falls flat because it was like 75 last night and then I woke up this morning and it was like 30. Um, a good snow cone. If you're from Lafayette, a Cajun snow snow cone. Okay, all my Lafayette people know, there's just, there's a, they're the best snow cone you've ever had in your life in Lafayette. Um, or Bahama Bucks, it's good. Bahama Bucks is good. How many of you like a regular snow cone? You just get nothing in it? You get, you know, just like flavor, whatever? How many of you like the stuffed snow cone where they put the ice cream in it? That's mine. As you can tell, I have a problem. I'm just really tall. I'm, I'm actually fat at heart. I'm really tall, though. Like, I like steaks, snow cones, ice cream. Like. But the point I want to make is not that I love food, although I'm really hungry now. And the point that I want to make to you is that you can control your mind. You can control Your mind. Today we're talking about freedom of the mind. Freedom of the mind. How many of you know how many thoughts you think you have a day? If you had to guess. If you had to say, I have this many thoughts a day. I know the number. So, How many of you would say more or less than 5,000? More or less than 10,000? More or less than 20,000? More or less than 30,000? There's like one. She's like, my mind runs all day long. We have between 12 and 60,000 thoughts a day. 12 and 60,000 thoughts a day. Okay? Now, here's the kicker. This is what blew my mind when I started looking into this. 98% of the thoughts that you have on a daily basis are the same thoughts you had the day before, and the day before, and the day before. of the thoughts you think on a regular basis of that 12 to 60,000 thoughts are the exact same thoughts you think every single day. How crazy is that? Even greater, 80%, let me make sure I didn't just exaggerate, 80% of those thoughts are negative thoughts. 80% of your thoughts that you think every day of the 98% are negative thoughts. How many of you, it's more than 80? How many of you? You feel like those thoughts haunt you. It's the same thoughts you have over and over and over. And oftentimes, until we understand what I want to talk about today, we become prisoners in our own mind. And we get to a place where because we think the same thoughts every day, you buy into the lie that that's who you are. You buy into the lie that this is just the way I'm wired. But let me just tell you this. The truth is you can control your mind. We just did it at the beginning. Is it a process? Yes. Is it hard? Yes, but you can control your mind. This is a battle that we're fighting the battle between our mind, our body, and our spirit. You've heard me talk about the the body, soul, and spirit. That we are a body. We have a body. We live in a body. We have a soul, okay? That's our mind, will, and emotions. We have a soul, and we are a spirit. There's an eternal being that's inside of us that will live forever. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. This is the war that Paul talks to us about in Galatians 5. Galatians 5, for your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit. I know you hear that and you go, not mine, pastor. Listen, you're lying. I'm a pastor. My self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit. Like, if I just could do whatever I wanted to do all day, how many of y'all know that would not be a good thing, okay? If any of us left to our own devices could do anything we wanted to do all the time with no consequence, how many of you that would be bad? And the rest of you are lying, okay? Your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self. So now he's going, so once you become a Christian, your Holy Spirit now is at war with your old self. Now the things you used to do that you still want to do, your body still wants to do, your mind still wants to do, your soul still wants to do, The Holy Spirit now goes, hey, I'm not okay with some of those things. And you begin a process that we're going to talk about today. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self life from dominating you. So then the two are incompatible and conflicting forces within you and yourself. The life of flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. The life of flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. How many of you know when you get saved... Everything doesn't change right away. Everything doesn't change right away. Your spirit comes alive. All of a sudden, something new is inside of you. Something different is inside of you. But how many you know God doesn't give you a new body when you get saved? That would be great. I would love to have gotten saved in just like six-pack, you know, just like twisted steel, just bam. Like, that would have been awesome. There would be a lot more people getting saved if that was the case, I promise. But we don't get a new body when we get saved. And just like we don't get a new body when we get saved, we don't get a new mind immediately when we get saved. So the habits, the patterns, the hang-ups, the addictions that you've had for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, now begin a process with your spirit of going to war and being broken. And so sometimes people go, I got saved, Pastor, and I just don't feel like it. I, just, I feel like everything's the same, or I feel like I just can't win the battle in my mind, or I feel like I can't. And it's a process that the Bible calls sanctification, and what sanctification is is it's a process of changing your old self, the flesh desires, your flesh patterns, the way you think, the thoughts you have, the cravings of your body, the addictions that you've had, and changing them now to come in line with what God wants, with what your spirit now craves. Because now you have a spirit man that's at war. Before, you didn't even think about it. There was no spirit man living inside of you, so you didn't have to war with your flesh. Whatever your flesh wanted, you just gave it. Now there's a spirit man that's at war with the flesh inside of us, and you begin a process called sanctification. And sanctification is the process of us bringing our body into line with our spirit. Uh, Saul, could you bring up that that vase? I want to show you guys an example that I feel like really uh, portrays what I'm trying to communicate. Because this, this can be a complicated thing. There's three different kinds of sanctification. People talk about, you know, if you get theological with this, it can get very complicated very quick. But the truth is, it is very, very simple. Where is, I had a cup of coffee up here. It can be very, very complicated, um, but it's very simple. Is that cup of coffee still over there? For those of you that are listening to this on the um, podcast, I'm just bringing out a vase of water, and, um, and, and it's in this fruit bowl, so it doesn't spill everywhere. But it's a vase of water. This is not Alex's vase. Don't tell her. Um, it's, really, it's really not. It was supposed to be, and I forgot it. Okay. So this is what, this is your mind, okay? This is your mind when you're a baby. Let's say when you're, when you're a child. You ever look at a child and just feel guilty? Like, you ever, like, like, I watch my baby sleep, I'm like, you are so pure. Like, you're just so, you don't think bad thoughts about anybody. You don't hate anyone. You don't want to do anything bad. Like, you just, you just want to sleep and drink a bottle. Like that's So this is your mind when you're a baby. And throughout life, we put things into our mind, okay, that taint it. It could be anything. It could be hurts that happened to you when you were a kid. It could be wounds that, that a boyfriend or girlfriend gave you in high school. It could be an addiction you picked up, an addiction you picked up in college. It could be a habit that maybe your parents passed on to you. It could be, it could be a, a relationship that you should have never got into, but you did, and now you think differently about every relationship you get into. It could be a, a hurt that happened, and now you blame everything on God. It could be the way you look at men or the way you look at women Could be the attitude you have towards your children. Could be anything. And this is what we end up with. Some of you drink your coffee like that, and that's gross. This is what we end up with. You end up with this. And you get saved, and you begin a process. Okay, so this is what you have now. This is is 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. I don't think we have anyone over 90. This is... 80 years of thinking some way, of having the same patterns, of looking at women the same way, of talking to your friends the same way, of being in a marriage and acting out the same way, I'll never forget a buddy of mine one time that that I was in high school with had a horrible cocaine addiction and walked him and his wife through it as they got married. And and now we're in college. Now we're out of college. And we kept going back to this. And every time we'd get over it, seemingly it'd come back again. And his wife would call me in the middle of the night crying. And and great guy. It was out of nowhere. You go, how in the world do you end up with a random cocaine addiction? Great, loves Jesus, goes to church. But then every once in a while would just go off the rocker. And finally we sat down one day and he said, Christian, the reason I started this whole thing in the first place was because at 16 years old, my dad took me to do cocaine for my first time. And he told me, this is what you do when you get stressed out. This is how you handle marriage when it gets hard. This is what you do when you just need a little extra. And from 16 years old, he said, it wasn't that anyone ever told me it was wrong. I just thought it was always what you did because it's what my dad showed me to do. This is those stories that you're left with. And then you get saved. And you get saved, and it's awesome. Now you have a relationship with Jesus. Now you want everything to be different. But there's a problem. The problem is your spirit is alive, but you still have this to deal with. You still have this to deal with. And you begin a process that the Bible calls sanctification. And the process is this. The more that I pour the word of God into me, the more that I get around the right people, the more that I change who I talk about, and now I don't talk about them, I pray for them. The more that I don't watch what I used to watch anymore, now I watch things that please the Holy Spirit. Now I don't get in my car and listen to they call me Cardi, Barty, Bangin' Body, Spicy Mommy, hot tamale, hotter than a Somali fur coat, Ferrari. I don't know that. Somebody wrote it down right here. (laughs) And you begin a process of changing what is inside of you. That now your body begins to react differently, but it's a process. Now your mind begins to think differently, but it's a process. And the more that you fill yourself with what is good, the more that you begin to see the change inside of you. The more that you fill yourself with the things that are good, the more you begin to see a change of what's inside of you. Let me just tell you this. I have to be very careful with what I allow in. All of us do. Because all of us have a gifting that God gave you that he desires for you to operate in. Mine is communication. Okay, so obviously, this is what I do. This is the gift God gave me. I've been able to preach since I was a kid. You can wake me up at night. I can get out of bed and preach. This wasn't something I learned. This was something I was literally born with. I don't know what to tell you. People that can sing can get up and sing great. It's what God gave them. This is the gift that God gave me. So I have a brother who's a worship leader, phenomenal worship leader. He is very careful with the music he listens to because for him, whatever that's how God speaks to him. So if he's listening to the wrong music and filling his mind up with the wrong music, all of a sudden what God wants to say to him becomes very clouded. I am not, this is, someone's going to take this the wrong way, so just hear my heart. I am not a fan of Christian music, okay? I'm a fan of worship music. I love worship music. There's so much good worship music out there. I think there's, I think, I'm not a fan of, of probably, I don't listen to, I don't even know the Christian radio station in Houston. I know, that's horrible. I'm a pastor. I don't even know what it is. I love worship music, but I would rather listen to like country music than like Christian music. It doesn't affect me like it affects my little brother. But what does affect me is I have to be very careful with what comedians I watch. I have to be very careful with what preachers I study from Because if I'm not careful and I start to fill myself up with that, it's what comes out when I get up here. So if I watch too much Kevin Hart, I promise y'all will know. (laughs) Because I'll get up here and you'll be like, man, he sounds a lot like Kevin Hart today. Like this is whoever I am filling myself with, it comes out in my giftings. And the same way for you, whatever you are filling yourself with, it will come out in some way. But God's desire is that we would fill ourselves with things that are good. Romans 12, 2. Sorry. Romans, I didn't give them this. They don't even know that I'm going to do this. Romans twelve two tells us, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Listen to this again in a different version. I love this. I pulled up two versions of this. I woke up in the middle of the night and God spoke this to me. That's why I, don't, I didn't give it to them. I didn't want to stress them out. Same verse, in Romans 12, 2 in the Passion Translation. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. A total transformation by how you think. Romans 6, 9. Romans 6, 9. I'm using these everyday examples because in some ways you are still weak. You used to let the different parts of your bodies be slaves of your evil thoughts. Okay, so what is that? I just want to make this very simple for you. This is what Paul's trying to do. He's trying to make it simple. Whatever your body wanted, you just gave it. Whatever your body wanted, you just gave it. When you got stressed, you go out and drink too much. When you, when you got frustrated, you would go out and use drugs. When you got mad, you'd react out of anger. When you wanted to fulfill your, your, your sexual desire, you go out and just hook up with whoever you want to hook up with. If you want to look at something, you look at it. If you want to eat it, you eat it. He goes, your body used to be a slave to the desires of your flesh. You used to let the different parts of your body be slaves of your evil thoughts. But now you must make every part of your body serve God so that you will belong to him completely. What is he telling us? He's going, this process of sanctification is not something that just happens. It's not something that a light switch goes on and you go, okay, great, everything's good now. Now I'm, 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 I'm Gucci now. I was trying to find a better word, but Gucci is just the only thing that came to me. <laughs> now it's Gucci. <laughs> Kosher? I don't know. What's another good word for that? It is a process of you making your body do the things that your spirit wants now. That I've got to bring my body into submission to my spirit. And listen to me, if you've been feeding something for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, it takes a little bit to get your spirit stronger than your body. I want you to know it's okay for this to be a process. It's okay to not be okay in the process. It's okay to struggle through this process. Paul tells us to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? It means this is a process, and you're going to slip, and you're going to fall, but don't ever get comfortable with failing. Continue to push forward to Jesus. Continue to get close to Jesus. Continue to fill yourselves with the things that the Spirit likes and not our flesh. How do I walk in this freedom in my mind? Because the truth is, it all starts up here. It all starts up here. I I listened to this podcast the other day about, um, like, some a a naturopathic, like a natural medicine that people use, okay? It's just like a a plant-based medicine that people use. And the whole thing was, they did all this research, and at the end of it, they said, here's what we found. This medicine does work, if you think it works. And it doesn't work, if you don't think it works. And I just thought, how crazy is that, that our mind when they would do the blind placebos and go, we're giving you antibiotics, and their body would start to respond like they're getting antibiotics, even though they were just taking a sugar pill. Why is that? It's because our mind is so powerful, and it's why the enemy's after our mind, it's why culture's after our mind, it's why it is why relationships are after our mind. Because if the enemy can get our mind, he can control everything else. So God's design is that we would have freedom first in our spirit and then in our mind. Eugene Peterson said, freedom in my mind starts with honesty with myself. Freedom in my mind starts with honesty with myself. How many of you know we're probably not honest with ourselves like we think that we are? I remember the first time I sat down with myself and I just said, hey, we got got some issues. Like We're not healthy. We're kind of messed up. We got junk that we've been hiding. We got stuff we need to talk to somebody about. And because yourself loves to protect yourself, you'll talk back to yourself. No, you're not that bad. Look at that other guy. He's way worse than you. Like, you drink 12 beers a night. That other guy drinks 20 beers a night. You're good. Like, you start to rationalize. You know what rationalize is? Rational lies. Rational lies that we tell ourselves. No, you're good. Okay, if it was really a problem, you wouldn't be able to go to work. Okay, if it really was an issue, your wife would know. Okay, if it really was that, you'd be in jail. All of these rational lies that we tell ourselves so that our flesh can continue to get what it wants. And God's design is that we would submit our mind and submit our spirit to him and that no longer would our flesh be the thing that drives us but that we would have freedom in our mind and our mind would be able to control what our flesh wants. We all do it on some level already. You know you can't wake up and eat cinnamon toast crunch every, like, all, for all your meals. You can't eat cinnamon rolls every day. My children, my daughter Finley, I have a daughter who's four. I'm seriously worried about childhood diabetes with this kid because she legit eats nothing but sugar. Like, I've tried everything. I'm like, they're sugar bugs. They'll eat you. They just kill your stomach. You know, all your teeth are going to fall out. She's like, but then I can get fake teeth. And I'm like, golly, like. You can't eat sugar. I promise. It doesn't matter. Five o'clock in the morning, she wake up. She's like, can I have some candy? I'm like, no, you can't have candy. It's five o'clock in the morning. She's like, can I have a little bit of candy? I'm like, you can't have any candy. She's like, when can I have candy? I'm like, not a long time. You can have candy when you're a grown up, okay? Because you eat candy all the time. We all do it on some level where you don't give your body stuff that's not healthy for your body. You don't walk in the kitchen and go, there's bleach and there's water. Maybe I'll drink the bleach today because it's clear and it's liquid too. You don't give your body stuff that's not good for your body. So in some element, we have control over what we allow our body to do. This process of sanctification is bringing every element of our flesh under, under control of the Holy Spirit. So that now it's not our flesh that decides what we want, it's our spirit that decides what we want. Man, I'm going to go to this concert and the Holy Spirit goes, hey, you don't need to be with those people. You don't need, you don't need to be there And now all of a sudden you have a choice to make. Do I listen to the spirit that's inside of me? Or do I just push past and do what I'd like to do? Hey, man, I'll just go hang out with them for a little bit because it is all good. Nothing crazy is going to happen. And that still small voice that we all know inside that goes, you don't need to be there. You don't need to go there. And we have a choice. Do we bring our body into submission to our spirit or do we allow our body to continue to do what it wants I'm going to give you three ways today that we can have freedom in our mind. Three ways we can have freedom in our mind. Number one, I have to be honest with myself. I have to be honest with myself. I went through, um, I, I, everybody, I think everyone should have a therapist, first of all. If you've never gone and sat down with a therapist, it's one of the greatest things you'll ever do. I used to think therapy was for people that needed help, and then I realized I needed help. <laughs> I, I love sitting down with someone who just asked me great questions and would help me process some of my rational lies. And I realized I had gotten to a place in my mind where when something came up I needed to deal with, either I would repress it or I would just ignore it or I would just think of something else or I would just, instead of being honest with myself and going, hey, no, we, we we need to fix this. And then the other beautiful thing that I got out of it was them telling me, Christian, you realize a thought is just a thought. A thought has no power over you until you give it power. Oftentimes we become a prisoner of our mind based on the thoughts that we have, and we finish our day, and we've done great. You've gone to work, you've loved on people, you've cooked, you've taken care of your family, you've done everything you need to do. But because your mind has been battling you all day, you get home, and you're, you might as well have done all the things you wanted to do that you didn't do. Because your mind is at war with you. You don't have to act on any thought that you have. I love this example they gave me, and they called it the Teflon mind. How many Teflon pans use a Teflon pan? I love, I love the like the good Teflon pans, not the ones that are like orange on the infomercial, because I'm sure they put something on there that's gonna give us cancer in like five years. But you could put anything on that thing. You see that they're like you can melt tires in this thing, and it won't stick to it. I'm like, I don't think that's healthy. Like, I don't know, I don't want to cook eggs in the pan I just melted tires in, and. You've melt cheese. You can melt four different kinds of cheese. I'm like, they really went to an extreme here, and that's impressive. But for sure, anything that's that slippery, like my insides are just going to fall out of me one day. I'm going to be like, what happened? Too much Teflon. The Teflon pan was an amazing invention because it, it allowed you to not have to clean your pans, okay, as much. I hate dishes. If there's one thing I hate in our home, it's dishes. My wife knows I will do anything in the house. I will fold clothes. I will vacuum. I will paint. I will do anything you ask me to do. I hate the dishes, okay? I don't, there's, there's, how many, don't look at me like that. Y'all all have something you don't like to do in the house, okay? How many of you, your husbands, there's one thing that you're like, he doesn't want to do this. Like, I just know that's my labor of love. He doesn't do that. I hate doing the dishes. As a kid, it was my punishment. That's probably why I hate it. My mom would be like, you know what? You're going to fight with your brothers. Go do the dishes. And I'd just be there forever scrubbing, you know, and you put it in. And no, the pan's not clean. Okay, take it out scrub it. Okay, now, no, it's not clean. I, it would just make me so mad that I could never get the dish fully clean. And then I was putting it in a dishwasher. Like it was stupid, right? Like you're like, I'm going to clean it and then put it in a dishwasher supposed to clean it. Like why? Still makes no sense to me. But Teflon was awesome. Because you get a Teflon pan and now you just like rinse it off underwater and like everything slides off. And you're like, that's awesome. If every dish was a Teflon pan, this would be amazing. The Teflon mind is that same concept. It's that you have the ability that when a thought comes in your mind that you don't like, when a thought comes in your mind that plagues you, when a thought comes in your mind that maybe you used to grab onto and it would rotate in your mind and you would mull on it over and over and over all day long, I begin to envision, because we all, just so you know, we all have those thoughts. All of us have those thoughts. I have those thoughts. You have those thoughts. We all have those thoughts. And what will happen is you'll have a thought that comes out of nowhere because we have 60,000 thoughts a day, and some of them are just out of left field, and you'll start to judge yourself based on that thought. Well, how to I have those thoughts? Something must be wrong with me. If, if I had that thought, then it must mean I'm this, or it must mean I'm that, or it must mean I feel this way, or it must mean I feel that way. And, and we start to convince ourselves of something that really was just a thought in your mind. We build lifestyles off of it. We build habits off of it. We build patterns off of it when really the Teflon mind goes, I can weigh if I like a thought or don't like a thought, and then I can allow it to slide right out of my mind and be gone. And I started to weigh my thoughts like that. When a thought came into my mind that I used to would hold against myself or judge myself for, or get frustrated with myself, or get anxious over, or get fearful over, or get panic over, then I would go, I don't like that thought. And I would picture in my mind a Teflon ma- pan and that thought sliding out. And it was gone. Why? Because we can control what we think. We are all capable of having freedom in our mind. Number two, I have to be honest with others. I have to be honest with others. It is the beauty of small groups. It's why we do small groups. If you're not in a small group, I encourage you get in a small group. It's not for us. I promise it's for you. It's so that you can find a relationship in one of those groups and sit across the table from someone and go, "I need to tell you some thoughts I'm having, and I need you to speak to them." We all need those people. I've got those people. I have friends that I just called. I'm like, listen, I got to just vent. I got to tell you some stuff. I don't need you to judge me. I don't need you. But here's how I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's the thoughts going through my mind. Here's what I can't shake. Here's what. We have to be honest with people because left to our own devices, all of us will fall. Left to our own mind, we start processing. You start counseling yourself. You ever counsel yourself? Okay. You ever counsel yourself into something that doesn't even happen? Like you, someone doesn't answer your phone call and then they don't call you back the rest of the day and you start counseling yourself on why they didn't answer your phone call or call you back. I know they're mad at me. I just, I think I think it was that they're mad at me. You start thinking through it. As a pastor, I do this every day. Please answer my phone calls when I call y'all. <laughs> Every day, they didn't answer. They for sure are mad. They're leaving the church. I'm like, this, why would they leave the church? I start thinking through to in my mind. It was probably something I said last week. What did I say last week? I don't know. You say a lot of stupid stuff. What did you, we got to think really hard. I go back listen to the record. You And then they call back like, hey, sorry, I was in the hospital. I didn't have service. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. I had so, counseled myself into chaos and stress and frustration and confusion and fear and panic over something that would have never even happened. All of us, if we're left to counsel ourselves, we'll counsel ourselves crazy. You are the worst person to counsel you. I am the worst person to counsel me. I have to have sounding boards that I can go, hey, here's what I'm feeling, what do you think about this? And then we go, I know why you feel that way, but you need to know that's not that. what you're seeing is not actually what it is. What you're thinking is not actually correct. Let me give you some light on what you should think of this or how you should look at this. Let me pray with you, and we're going to pray through this. We've got to be honest with others. Manuel, you can come as I close. And I have to daily, number three, I have to daily set my mind on Christ. I have to daily set my mind on Christ. Philippians 4.8. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real Honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. How do you get freedom in your mind? This is how you get freedom in your mind. You set your mind. It's not natural to your body. It's not what your physical body wants. It's not what your mind wants. Your mind wants to go a million different ways, but you take control of your mind and you go, no, I'm going to bring my body into submission to my spirit, and I'm going to do what Philippians 4.8 says. I'm going to keep my thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, on that which is honorable and admirable, on that which is beautiful and respectful, that which is pure and holy, merciful and kind, Let me tell you what that looks like, okay? I don't know if y'all know this, because I know that I wear skinny jeans and Peter Pan shoes sometimes. I'm a guy, okay? I'm a man. I'm a grown man. I got three children. (laughs) Why'd you laugh like that? It kind of hurt me. (laughs) I'm a man like you're a man. When some thought walks in front of me in the grocery store, I have the same thoughts that you have, okay? Maybe not if you're a girl, but like guys, you know what I'm talking about. We all have those same thoughts. When you become a pastor, it's not just like all of a sudden you just don't think thoughts anymore. Like you just, oh, the pastor Christian, man, he just like, I don't have no thoughts anymore. That's not how it happens. I have to make a decision in my mind to fasten my thoughts on that which is holy and pure. And now, and and I'm just giving you, this is how this process works. It's taken me like 15 years to figure this out, by the way. Now, when I see someone that's dressed in a way they shouldn't be dressed, that all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, okay, wow. Immediately, one, I pray for them. And I know you go, that sounds like something pastoral. Okay, well, the other option's not that good. (laughs) I pray for them. And I begin to think, what makes a person dressed that way that needs the attention? Who knows what they went through as a child? Who knows what father wound they have? Who knows that they just as a little girl, like my little girl, wanted someone to spend time with them. Wanted someone to notice them. Wanted someone to care about them. And so they started doing things to get attention. And life has a way of ending us all where we're at. And now my mind has changed from wanting to think lustful thoughts to thinking, God, be with that person. God, let them find wholeness in you. God, let them connect with you in a way they've never connected with you. I fasten my mind on that which is holy. I fasten my mind on that which is pure. Those of you that struggle with anxiety, those of you who struggle with fear, those of you who struggle with worry, Becca, can you put that verse back up? I want you to notice this first part. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real. Listen to me. There's thoughts that you're worrying about that you need to be honest with yourself aren't even real. That you need to tell someone else that they can look at you and go, that's not real. You don't need to worry about that. You're worried about getting sick and you're not even sick. You're worried about your kids, something happening to them instead of praying over them and protection over them. Something that you can't control anyways. And when we worry and when we get anxious, what we're saying is, God, I don't trust you to take care of everything. I want to be in control of everything, God. And you know what happens when we try and be in control of everything? We get anxious and fearful and worried and frustrated. I laid in bed last night. My wife's out of town, so I have a little monitor right by me, okay? So, like, I'm watching my 10-month-old baby sleep. I was a, a medic in the Air Force. I worked in pediatrics, and so my, my, that's kind of my background. I'm very familiar with babies. All of the horror stories of babies dying in their sleep start going through my mind last night. I'm literally laying down, watching on the monitor. I'm like, "Is she breathing? Is she breathing?" Get upstairs, run upstairs. You're like, "Okay, she's breathing." Like, I'm trying to. I'm. I'm worried I'm gonna wake her up. Okay, because I'm just paranoid about this. And I literally, after like the third time in the middle of the night, I going up to check on her. I lay down, and I just said, "God, I'm, you're in control. You're in control. You've written every day of our lives." You know every breath that we have. God, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you. And guess what? She was up at six o'clock in the morning crying. (laughs) I should have been sleeping while she was sleeping. Fix your mind on what is authentic and real. This need, for those of you that are battling with your mind and need freedom in your mind, this needs to be your verse. Write it on your mirror. Put it in your kitchen. Keep it in your car. Fix your mind on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. This is where your self-talk changes in your mind. Because our self-talk can be really hard on us. Our self-talk can be really frustrating. Our self, you, you can talk real bad about yourself, can't you? No one else would say the things to you that you would say to yourself. And when I got in that pattern, I started counteracting it. I hope you're, fi- you're figuring out the pattern here. There's always a other side to this. It's always a choose this instead of that. I started choosing something different. So let me tell you what my self-talk looks like. My self-talk is: when I get up in the morning, I say this to myself. I I don't know if I say it a thousand times a day, maybe more. Christian, you are a leader. You are whole. You are healthy. You are wealthy. You are wise. You are a leader. You are whole. You are healthy. You are wealthy. You are wise. You are a leader. You are whole in your mind, body, soul, and spirit. You are healthy. Your body's healthy. You're physically healthy. Your family's healthy. You are wealthy in every element of your life. You are wise, and you have wisdom that comes only from God. I'm a leader. I'm whole. I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. I'm wise. I'm a leader. I'm whole. I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. I'm wise. You know why? Because I want to be what Jesus says about me, not what I say about me. My goal is to be what Jesus says about me, not what I say about me. What does he say about me? He says that I'm a leader. I'm the leader of my home. I'm a leader of a church. I'm a pastor. He says I'm a leader. He says that in him I am whole, mind, body, soul, and spirit. He says that I'm healthy, that Jesus paid for his stripes on the cross, paid for all of my sins and diseases. He says that I'm wealthy. My father has the cattle on a thousand hills. He says that I'm wise, that I have wisdom that comes only from him. I'm a leader. I am whole. I'm healthy. I am wealthy. I am wise. When you begin to talk about you that way, things change. All of a sudden, you begin to get in situations that you have wisdom for, and you go, I don't even know how I have this wisdom. I know because I've been telling myself every day I'm a leader, I'm whole, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wise. Because I've been filling my mind with the Word of God. Because I've been listening to things that edify me and lift up Jesus. Because I've been pouring more into my tank that looks clear than looks brown. That's why my mind changes. I want all of you, normally I have these to pass out, and I don't have them to pass out today. So forgive me. But all of you can Google. It's called the 40 IMs. The 40 IMs. And it is 40 things that God says about you. And when I was in the Air Force, let me tell you, for those of you in the military, you know, people will say a lot of things to you in the military. (laughs) A lot of bad things to you in the military. They will call you things you have never been called in your whole life. I mean, if you know, you know. If you don't know, you will have no way of ever knowing. <laughs> and I would put that up on my locker because I'd walk in and my drill instructor, my flight chief, the people over me may have said a lot of mean things that day. But I would walk in there and I would look at that thing and I would go, I'm a child of God. I'm redeemed. I'm set free. I am holy. I'm, and I would begin to read all of these verses and I would say them out loud to myself. Because I wanted to look at myself the way God looks at me, not the way I look at me. If you want freedom in your mind, it starts with looking at yourself the way God looks at you and not the way you look at yourself. It starts with being honest with yourself. Realizing that it's okay to not be okay. That this is a process. Christianity is a process. It doesn't happen like that. You're in a process of sanctification. I'm no different than you. I'm just a little further down the process line. And all of us are all in this process. We gotta be honest with ourselves where we're at. We gotta be honest with others where we're at. We've gotta be honest with others where we're at. And then lastly, we gotta set our mind daily on Christ. Philippians 4:8. We've got to set our minds daily on Christ. I know this has been kind of teachy, and I know I normally make you laugh more, but I need you guys to get freedom in your mind if we're going to move forward as a church, if you're going to see victory in areas of your life, it starts with freedom. And Jesus died not to give us a little freedom. He didn't die so you just didn't go to hell. He died so that you would have freedom and be free indeed, that you would have life eternal, and that you would be able to walk out that freedom every single day. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we're so thankful. We're so thankful that you died to give us real freedom. You died to give us not a little free, but free indeed. True freedom. Freedom in our minds, freedom in our bodies, freedom in our souls, freedom in our spirits. True freedom. We know that it comes only from you, Jesus. We know that it comes only from you. Today, we choose to be honest with ourselves, Jesus. We choose to be honest with ourselves. The areas we're not okay in. The areas we need some help in. God, we choose to be honest with others, to find someone we can open up with, find someone we can connect with, find someone we can share our heart with that's going to give us wisdom and godly instruction. It's going to point us back to you. And then, Jesus, we choose to set our mind on you. We choose to set our mind on you. You've given us the ability to control what we think and we choose to set our thoughts on you. Now I want to pray for those of you who can keep your heads down. I just want to pray. If you're here and you go, Christian, this was for me. My mind plagues me. I'm in a constant battle 24-7 with me. And I need freedom in my mind. I just want to pray for you. If you would raise your hand, slip your hand up. I just want to pray for you. Now, I just want you to open your hands. You can put them in your lap. Open your hands, because I believe that God's going to bring freedom into your heart and mind. Jesus, we ask right now that you would just bring freedom. Jesus, that you would set our minds free, that the things that have plagued us, the lies the enemy has told us, the scars and wounds we've brought on ourselves, the habits or hurts that we've held on to in our mind, that today we're letting them go, Jesus. We're starting the process. We're saying they're yours, Jesus. Our mind is yours. We choose to serve you with our whole mind today. With our whole mind, Jesus, we choose to serve you. We love you. We ask that you would come and bring a peace to our minds. Jesus, I ask for every single person that there would be a peace that passes all understanding that it comes to their mind. That when the lies of the enemy ramp up, that they fasten their mind onto you. And that, Holy Spirit, you would meet their effort and bring freedom in that area of their mind. Thank you, God, that you have made us so intricately. You've wired us so uniquely that we have the ability to fasten our minds to you. And today, Jesus, we do just that. We fasten our mind to you. God, bring freedom to their minds. That they would fasten their mind on what is real and authentic, holy and pure, good and lovely. And Jesus, as they're real with themselves, as they're real with others, and as they fasten their mind on you, that there would be a freedom that comes to them that they've never known before. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's some of you here today that, that maybe you say, Christian, I've never had that spiritual freedom you talk about. I've never become a born-again Christian. Maybe you've been in church or you've encountered religion, but you've never had a relationship with Jesus. A relationship. A relationship like a marriage where, where there's good times and bad times. Where, where you love them and they love you, but you're in a process. I've never had a relationship, Christian. If that's you and today you say, Christian, I've never had that, but I want to start that relationship today. Would you just slip your hand up so I can pray for you? Amen. Amen. Now I want you to pray this with me. You can pray it in your heart. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it in your mind as long as you mean it. That's what I'd ask. Just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, today I come to you. Jesus, I realize that I have a sin bill. And in order for me to be free from it, you had to pay my sin bill. Today, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe you came from heaven to earth to pay for my sins so that I didn't have to you died the death I should have died so that I could live eternally with you and Jesus I believe you rose from the dead to bring freedom to me so I could live a life of freedom today Lord Jesus I choose you I choose to become a follower of Jesus fill me with your spirit Give me freedom in my mind, body, soul, and spirit. And let me love you with all of my heart. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Hey, I'm so proud of you guys. I know that that this was a little deep today, but I'm telling you, God's gonna bring freedom in this month. And every single week, there's gonna be an area that we take down that we get freedom in. Because he died so that we would be fully free. Hey, thanks so much for being here with us today. If you came prepared to worship with your giving, we got three ways you can do that. You can give in uh, the offering envelope. And, hey, if you made the decision to give your life to Jesus today, you can check that box on that card. We'd love to send you some more information to help you start that journey. You can give online at valleyrisechurch.com or you can text Valley Rise in the amount, the 77296. I say it every week because I mean it. We will never ask anything from you. We want everything for you. The Bible says every man should decide in his own heart what the Lord would have him give. And so all we say every week is we ask that you ask God and whatever God tells you to do, we trust him. This is, um, y'all are the greatest church in the world. I was just in Birmingham this week. For those of you who don't know our story, um, we came out of a, a church called Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama, which is the second largest church in America. They have about eighty to 90,000 people meeting today right now. 20 campuses all across Alabama. It's an amazing church. We were on staff there for three years. And God put Houston on my heart. We never thought we'd leave there. That's a, that's our second home. We love it there. Um, and, and God put this area... And we showed up here and instantly fell in love with here way more than any place we'd ever been. And um, so we went back. My pastor is the pastor of the pastors at church. So went back and spent two days with him and just talking about you guys, talking about what God's doing here and talking about how awesome Houston is and how much we love Tomball and this whole area. And there is no place in the world like this. Me and Alex drove down our, our favorite road. We used to drive down in Birmingham and it's kind of through the mountains and you're looking over the city and awesome, so cool. And we looked at each other and we were like, I miss Houston. Like, this is cool, but I miss our place. I love our people. Like, this is, this is what we love. You guys are the greatest. I talked about y'all all week and what God is doing here at Valley Rise and how awesome it is. so thankful that you guys are a part of it and that you get to be here at the beginning. We love it. Have a prayer with this offering, and then we'll let you get out of here. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for each and every person here. Thank you for every gift and every giver. God, I pray that you would bless it, return it to them a hundredfold, God. I pray that as they sow into your kingdom that you would bless them back, God, more than they could ever imagine. God, your word says, test me in this. If you bring the tithes to me, that I will pour out blessings on you that you can't contain. God, we just pray that we would trust you. We know that it's all yours anyway, so we give it to you, Jesus. Let it all go to what you want it to go to. Bless these people. Let this be the greatest week of their life. Let them walk in freedom in their mind this week. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen thanks for listening to this week's message we hope you'll stay connected by following us online you can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church we hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon